Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about something that matters. And that something has to do with unemployment and the fact that millions of people are about to lose their unemployment benefits simply because the federal government hasn't acted and the people sitting in Congress who are not enjoying unemployment and whose homes are not in jeopardy, whose homes are not at liberty to be broken, are not worried about it at all. And I don't know about you, but that's something that concerns, should concern all of us. There are millions of people who right now have no benefit whatsoever. That extra $600 was actually a lifeline. I can't begin to tell you, like you know, how many stories we've all read over time of people uh, saying how the $600 helped them, right? And there are so many people for whom this is an actual nightmare right now. For There are so many people for whom this is going to be something that they have to uh, worry about and think about. I mean, like, who does that? Who, who actually is uh, going to... Uh, who actually is going to live in that kind of reality. But there are millions of people. So we want to talk about that this morning because this is something that's been going around. And for some reason, it doesn't seem to connect. And what we have a, I'm beginning to think that in this country right now, we have a problem with people. I'm beginning to think that politicians who have been elected by people don't like people. I'm beginning to think that there are some politicians who actually object to the existence of the very people who voted for them or the very people whose numbers in their districts contribute to their representation and the fact that they can earn. Let me, you know what? Let me slow down and stop just a little bit and put this all in context because this is something that is just absolutely crazy. You know, uh, right now, the president wants to uh, minimize the number of people who are counted in a district. There is a reason for that because according to the constitution, the number of people who are counted in a district uh, determine how many representatives that district gets. He wants that for a specific reason because there are large numbers of populous districts throughout the country that he does not enjoy supporting. For instance, in Florida and in Arizona and especially in California. So he wants to not minimize the number of people who get elected from those areas because he's not gonna, he's not enjoying any kind of support. The areas where the president sees uh, support in, those populations are diminishing because people are moving from the rural areas because there are no jobs out there. There's nothing out there in rural America, frankly. And people are moving into, into, into cities and to more urban areas. Even if they go suburban, they're still moving into areas where they have access to more resources than that that are available in their rural towns, right? When they move into urban areas, they become urbanized and they change. So they don't become hardline Republicans, they're moderates. So that means once one election cycle, they may like what this guy says, another election cycle, they may not like it, they may not vote and so on. He doesn't wanna take those risks. What he's gunning for is that he will win the next election and hopefully, if he wins the next election, then he can change the constitution to where he will be forever president because he likes the power. He likes the fact that he really doesn't have to do anything. Everybody else does the work for him. And he just sits there 
I literally just sits there and collect money and tell everybody else don't charge my interest or whatever. So he's looking to be a Putin, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So now when you, you have to put that into context so you understand the thinking that is behind it. The thinking that is behind this move against people comes from a place where everybody wants forever power. Everybody wants to see themselves as a forever senator, a forever representative who is always in Congress and who always has access to power. This is good on both sides of the aisle. You know how this is good on both sides of the aisle? Nancy Pelosi is a senior lady. She's in her 80s, but she's still a, rep she's still a, a representative from California. Answer me. There are now people in Congress who are younger who can't take over the reins, but nobody is giving these younger people a chance. Mitch McConnell is the same thing. So Pelosi, McConnell, Lindsey Graham, those people are the establishment in Washington. And Debbie Dingell. Debbie Dingell was married to a, a, a congressman from Michigan, right? They, they're Democrats. They're Democrats and Republicans. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's about the establishment. Debbie Dingell was married to a Republican from, uh, I'm sorry, a Democrat, Democratic congressman from Michigan. But did it matter? When her husband died, she took over his seat so she could continue her reign in Washington as part of the establishment. When these younger people get elected, nobody wants to support them because nobody wants to lose their seat of power. That is what is at stake here in America. And you all better wake up because if we don't wake up, You'd be surprised to find that people are just handing the reins over to a relative or handing the reins over and we create this political dynasty that we're seeing in effect. Look at the Clintons. The Clintons were the same thing. There was Bill Clinton. All of a sudden, he wanted his wife to be president. Bill Clinton had so much baggage, there was no way that his wife was going to win. She, there was just too much baggage associated with the name Clinton for that to work. So guess what? It didn't work, right? It did not work. People rejected that. The regular American, are, they, get, they have women problems at home. They have to deal with us at home. They're married to us. We are their bosses. They're like, okay, I don't have any control over that, but I do have control over who I vote for, and I ain't voting for no woman to come tell me what to do. It's enough. If, if, I, if a woman becomes president, then my wife, my boss, is going to come and throw me out and treat me like, an, oh, no, we're not going to go there. So Joe Blow American is not ready for a female president, but the democratic establishment wants this intellectual idea. It's an emotional and intellectual spat that they want to toy with about. It's, it's just something they want to see happen. Okay, so we got a black guy as president. It's now time for a woman to be president. Why not have a woman as president? And they're not reading the room properly. You know who is trying to read the room? Uh, this guy, Trump. He read the room and he said, people are dissatisfied with the fact that there was a black man as president. I need to keep the people divided so I can conquer them. That's exactly what he's doing. Divide and conquer. It's a white supremacy ideology that white Europeans use to dominate and conquer the world and destroy Africa, destroy Asia, destroy everywhere that they touch. And it's the same thing we are seeing right now. Imagine that. So how does this play out in real time? Well, who is in Congress? When you look at Congress, does it look like the population of the United States? No, it's mostly white people. They're sitting there. They all earn a nice fat check. Once they get there and they earn this forever salary and they have access to money and power and they have access to influence legislation. So people pay them for that. They don't want to lose that. 
So they're looking, so the restaurant industry that employs a lot of people, it's mostly people who work service jobs who are at risk for this unemployment benefit. It's people who are waiters and servers and busboy. It's people who uh, work in industries that are serviced like Amazon, people who were working less than $20 an hour, let's put it that way. Those are the people who were most at risk. So when the pandemic started, the Democrats got together and said, we're gonna push for the $600 a week. It, would, it was an incentive to keep people at home. So we're gonna shut down the country, shut down everything, but if we pay them, they will stay home. And if they stay home, we can minimize and mitigate the effects of the virus. It worked. It became a lifeline. It meant that people who had jobs and people who had income, had uh, housing situations, they had to pay rent and mortgage and car notes and buy meds. That's what it did. It became a lifeline. It became a lifeline for food, for rent and meds. You'd be surprised because they couldn't go out to work. They could not work. Sometimes people had more than one job. Now you have people like Ted Cruz sitting back spewing venom at people who are waiters and servers. What he fails to realize is that people who were working in the service industry did not just have one job. They had multiple jobs. They had two to three jobs they were working to make that $600 a week so they could make their, uh, they could live, right? So the actual thought of people are lazy. That is a Republican elitist ideology that needs to stop because right now, we're headed for it's we're not on a slippery slope this is not a slippery slope this is a slope that is spiraling straight down a barrel into an abyss what is happening is that when these people have lost their benefits the benefits ran out on friday so people are not going to get it in the next unemployment cycle people are going to be homeless because it kept a lot of people in their apartments 110 million americans rent that's too high a number that's something that the fat cats in Congress should fix, but they're not about to do that because they're more concerned about calling people effing bitches. They're more concerned about calling people names. They're more concerned about uh, damaging people and minimizing the risks associated by the very people whom they like. You gotta understand the composition of this society. When you hear them talk, you, you would imagine that everybody in America lives and earns over $120,000 a year. You, the rest of you all are just living on a dream. You earn $70,000 a year, maybe 80 or 90,000 a year, and the rest of it is supplemented by credit cards. But you like to think that you're elitist as well. So you subscribe to the ideology of, I am rich and powerful and I'm elitist, so Donald Trump's policies don't affect me. When Donald Trump was first elected and started spewing his venom, most white people backed off and said, well, I'm white, so this has nothing to do with me. It's not about me. He actually has issues with other people. So they left the conversation. And what happened after that was pure foolishness. They never got involved until they saw in real time where their jobs started being affected when all the trade wars and tariffs started and national security became involved. That's when they started getting involved. When the pandemic happened, they would never have galvanized had they not seen the pandemic happen and seen their friends and neighbors whom they thought were protected from Donald Trump's policies because his policies were about colored people and they're not colored. I'm not colored, I'm white, so it won't affect me was their ideology until the pandemic happened and everybody they knew started getting sick. That's when they started galvanizing. 
That was the only thing that it would have taken for white America to get up off their asses and realize that this was a danger. Do you know how many lawyers I know of who are not working? Do you know how many people with master's degrees who are not working? Do you know how many people with several sets of advanced degrees who are facing catastrophe right now? Do you know how many people who earn upwards of $90,000 a year, which shocked the hell out of me, who were actually taking advantage of the $600 unemployment benefit? I'm like, if you've been earning $90,000 a year for a couple of years, you should have some $600 stored up. You shouldn't have taken part of it. I'm just saying. So now you have the country now is divided amongst the elite and the rest of us. And there are people in the middle who want to be. They think they are, but they're not. When it comes down to the money, they're living off credit more than anything else. They just call up the credit card company and they get another line of credit or they open another credit card. Some people have as much as 10 to 15 credit cards and have more than $300,000 in credit card debt. They consider that income, by the way. So that's another supplement to their income. So now you're finding people right now who used to have two and three jobs. Those jobs have gone when the economy shuttered. The economy shuttered, those jobs have gone. They're not coming back. And now you have Congress not wanting to act. And especially, let me just make sure I have this correct. Conservative activists, Republican conservative activists. Matter of fact, Republicans in Congress say the unemployment benefit should go down to $200 a week. The Democrats say, now nah, we want to keep it at $600 a week. That, will, that way we will keep people off the streets. I kid you not. So now millions of people are going to face homelessness. You know, there's another paradigm to this. You know what the other paradigm to this is? Undocumented immigrants who work in the fields, who worked with farmers and who worked in restaurants and who were people's maids and housekeepers. And they worked in the back of your establishments because they couldn't work up front because you didn't want any problems. So they were like the dishwashers. They did the laundry. They swept the restaurant. They swept the back of your store. Undocumented immigrants could not collect unemployment benefits. They worked from day to day to get their money. So they're now going to be homeless too. Millions of people today, by the end of next week, are facing evictions and foreclosures on their mortgages. Some people use their unemployment benefits to shore up and pay for their mortgage. They got $1,200 every two weeks. It wasn't as much as they used to earn, but they said, all right, we can use one of those checks to pay the mortgage. Let's pay the one month of the mortgage and see what can happen. I'm telling you all, you all need to trust in God because there is no other way out of this mess. Because if the Democrats don't push on these Republicans to get this bill passed, a lot of people are going to be sitting there wondering what the what on earth is going on. You realize that at this time of the year, a lot of kids have to go to college. A lot of kids are going to college. What's going to happen to them when they go to college? What's going to happen to their parents? Their parents are unemployed. They can't go college shopping to get the stuff that they need. I kid you not. This stuff is going on. And more importantly, when by the time they go off to college, they may not have a home to come back to because their parents might likely lose their homes. The very home that parents were going to use to get a second mortgage on to help pay for college, that home will be gone. People are biting their fingernails, not knowing what to do. Meantime, meanwhile, Republicans are playing golf on golf courses, knocking balls back and forth. 
and describing people in ways that you would not believe. You all deserve it because you all voted for them. You looked these people in the eyes, you believe them, knowing that the hatred they were spewing would somehow rub off on you. But you thought through the veil of your whiteness, through the veil of color, that it would only apply to the colors. No, they don't like you if you are not part of the powerful set. If you're not running in Washington with the big boys, they don't like you. I drove through a neighborhood yesterday and I was looking at how many people, because you can tell who works for the government, right? They usually drive government cars, you know, like Ford's GM, you know, it just didn't fit the neighborhood, those kind of cars. They work for the government, whether it's the state government, the city government. And I, and I said to myself, look at the disparities. You live in these neighborhoods. These houses cost upwards of four, five hundred thousand dollars You work for the government. You still get a car. And you somehow consider yourself privileged. And most of them are white. If I think like that, can you imagine how many other people like me are thinking like that? What do you think other people are going to do? Right now, we're seeing a surge in violence across the country. You know where that surge is coming from? It's two things causing the surge. Poverty and unemployment. Because some of those people can't work, they have a record, so they had a little job. Their girlfriends had a little job that was making money, and now they have nothing. Poverty and unemployment is purring that surge. So when this benefit runs out that the girlfriend used to get, this is $600. So people are on unemployment. They're not buying drugs anymore because drugs is disposable income. They can't afford to do that now because every little mickle they have has to go towards saving a house, buying food, buying meds, right? Taking care of the basics, make sure you keep the light, the water, and the internet on so you can continue applying for jobs because that's a requirement. But at the same time, you're looking at a situation where you have to ask yourself, what gives? How can these people who consider themselves elected representatives of the people be so absolutely bold and cruel so as not to make sure that people continue to get a benefit that they have access to? How can you be so cruel? I guess in the same way that you can call Alexandra Ocasio an effing bitch. It's the same way you're going to look at her as a young woman who is who graduated from college she's not a bomb she's doing the people's work elected by the people yeah and you're going to call somebody's daughter an effing bitch then it's the same way you what do you what names do you call the regular people you call them what do you call them when you are when nobody is looking when the cameras are off and the microphones are turned off do you see what i'm saying this is the problem we are facing right now and nobody is really talking about it. Nobody is saying anything about it because nobody wants to accept that if this does not work and the $600 payment does not resume, we are sitting in a place where we're going to have a problem. It doesn't bother the politicians because they have many layers through them. They have the Capitol Police to help them and then they can hire private security. And if they go to Congress, and mouth off enough that their lives feel threatened, they're going to get congressional help to pay for their private security. So they're not worried about the riffraff. They're not worried about the throwback and the blowback that is going to come as a result 
of 40 million people being unemployed. They, they're not worried about people walking the streets of cities and towns across the country where people are not going to have any form of employment. They're not worried about the crime that's going to come or people losing their kids and CPS coming in and taking your kids because you don't have a home to put them in. They're not worried about that. Matter of fact, that is an opportunity for their kids to be sold and for them to enjoy having sex with minors. I make no apologies about this. It is what it is. I upset somebody else. You didn't receive any money today. Oh, you did not get your unemployment? Go back and call your state. Somebody's saying they didn't receive their money. Go back and call your state again. If you didn't get your money, there must be a reason why. The benefit ran out. The benefit week ended on Friday. It ends this week, July 31st, in some states, depending on what state you live in. Some states it was Friday the 24th. Some states it will be Friday the 31st. So go check it out. Go back and call your state and find out. I am sorry. How are you going to pay your bills? How do you expect people to pay your bills? So you're sitting in Congress, right? And you've forgotten what it is like to try. So you're earning, a regular congressman earns like $168,000. Pretty good, huh? For not doing anything, don't you think? I would think so. That's pretty good. So you're earning $168,000 for doing nothing but talking shaking hands and glad handing so you don't see the problem to you it's like what's the big deal here why do these people have a problem just in the words of ted cruz he spewed venom at waiters and waitresses if i were anybody who works in a restaurant setting anywhere and ted cruz walks in you all should deal with him shameful he's a descendant he's a first generation american descendant of immigrant parents and acts like he's so entitled and elitist it is unbelievable if you were to meet his father you would understand what i mean his father is humble he's not he's arrogant and in his arrogance he has he's acting as if he's unaware of the problems of people I'm afraid that we're moving to a society where people actually do believe that they're so far removed from the fray that some of these people need to be brought back to reality and be grounded in reality. You know how you do that? You vote them out. It was your vote that gave them power. Your vote is powerful. Your vote gave them power to the extent where they can go to Congress and pass laws that disfavor you but favors them and the rich people whom they suddenly now represent. You've got to understand that in every microcosm of this country, the number of rich people is usually this much compared to the number of people in the middle and at the bottom. And yet they control the power. You, there is a disconnect there. The power should always be in the hands of the people. Why? It keeps us all grounded and it keeps people regulated. And it keeps politicians humble that they're one vote away from losing everything. When a politician becomes so entitled that he th or she thinks that they can never be removed, that's when they become dangerous. You've got to remind them that they're one vote away. It's a dangerous situation that we're in right now. I feel seriously for people who were enjoying the $600 because they, it was necessary to pay their rent and to pay their mortgages. I'm concerned about that because I've seen the acts of homelessness. 
Let me ask you this question. Are you human? Have you ever driven past a homeless person on any street in America? Chances are you have. If you live in California, in LA, and in San Francisco, one of the largest tent cities in the country is in San Francisco. And if you drive past there, can I just ask you a question? Do you ever feel any kind of compassion? Do you ever feel as if there is something that you could do about this? I just want to know. Do, do you ever feel what happens? Do you ever ask yourself, what made this person homeless? What made this person on the street? Have you ever asked yourself that? We have a real problem in this country right now. I was reading a report that said the $600, the extra $600 that people were receiving stimulated the economy. It in fact contributed more than $9 billion to the economy in Michigan. People actually went out and used it to buy stuff. And they say those are the people who are at the bottom who typically would, would spend anyway. It also tells you who has the real power in the country. It's not the titans. It's not the industry titans. It's not the people on Wall Street. That's why I don't listen to Wall Street anymore because Wall Street has no application to me. Wall Street is a stock market where rich people can sell stocks to make money for themselves. It has nothing to do with me or you. So Wall Street is, has no effect to me. It's where rich people go and determine what economic policies work best for them and they execute those policies. Main Street is where it happens for you and I. Have you driven through Main Street since March of 2020? Have you seen how many businesses on Main Street have closed? Have you asked yourself what has happened to those people whose businesses went belly up? Have you asked yourself what have those people done with life? What happened to them? Where did they go? What happened to their homes because they have to pay a mortgage somehow? or they have to pay rent. Which one is it? Have you asked yourself? I drive through communities and I saw people yesterday having the time of their lives. There's no pandemic going on. People were gathering everywhere. They were doing this, they were doing that. I was actually shocked. I'm like, y'all are in a group but nobody's wearing a mask. I was shocked at that. I went to the mall, people were wearing masks at the mall. They were masked up. But in groups where they gathered, no. And the, the difference between the haves and the haves not could not have been more aware yesterday than I saw yesterday. I mean, there were one group of people acting, nothing happened. They were still out on their boats. They were still uh, swimming, enjoying life on the, on the dock, enjoying the boating life, enjoying life living on the lake as if nothing happened. And there were another group of people fighting and killing each other off. And I said to myself, this disconnect we were supposed to be narrowing the gap between the rich and poor. Instead, we're widening it. These kinds of economic policies don't make any sense. The president actually had an idea to stop unemployment. You know what was his idea? A payroll tax cut. I swear the people around him had to say, do you realize they don't have jobs? So how is a payroll tax cut going to help anybody? We need to collect the darn taxes to fix the infrastructure in the country in the first place. Like some days you want to say, who the hell is in charge? A payroll tax cut, nobody's working. So they don't have payroll. Get that through your head. That's the first thing. Secondly, you need to collect taxes. Did you know that a group of billionaires in this country got together and begged the government to tax us, please? Please tax us. Because if they pay taxes, 
it's not going to really affect their net worth. But you have a president who is a wannabe billionaire and who <laughs> doesn't want to pay any taxes. So he's doing it for himself. Because if he were really to pay taxes, he wouldn't have anything. Guys, you elected a reality TV show star. What did you expect? Did you really expect government? You're getting what is good for reality TV. You know who I blame for this? CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. They were in a race to get as much of Donald Trump's FaceTime as possible because it meant what? Eyeballs looking at how this reality TV show star was conducting an election meant what? Advertising dollars for them. That's who got Donald Trump elected. CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. They got him elected. They were in a race to do it. And now, for the first two years, they were just sitting there acting like, well, here's the reality TV show star. Everything Donald Trump said was maximized in prime time. So to the guy, of course, he was just getting more airtime. It was just meant more people would want to see him. More people would go to his hotels and to his properties. Meanwhile, the country was tanking. Did you see the news this morning? That China forced clothes an American consulate and took over the premises. You know, that's an actual act of freaking war. Under any other president, that constitutes an act of war. Under this president, it's a joke. Why? Because while he's managing a pandemic, he went and arrested a Chinese scientist and closed the Chinese consulate in Houston. Like, who does that? Are you stupid or are you stupid? Don't do stuff like that. That's provocation. When I provoked a whole group of, a whole country whom you've been provoking for four years. It looks bad because it looks like we're in a war and we're kind of creating an ethnic problem. There are millions of Chinese Americans who live in America. How do you think they feel? Then the Chinese are looking like, huh? Are you all crazy over there or what? What's going on with you? I am begging China. China, please don't do anything. Please just give us a few. It's not personal, dude. It's not personal. Trust me. Oh, we don't want anything happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're in a, a war fighting for the very supremacy of our lives in this country right now. People are dropping dead. Yesterday in Michigan, there were over a thousand positive coronavirus tests reported because there has been a backlog. If there really is a backlog in testing, that means almost one-third of the country has the coronavirus. You know what that means? Forget herd immunity when this thing really starts working through people's bodies. You have a government who is telling us, send your kids back to school in the fall. My daughter is going to college. Social distancing, if you please. Thank you. If I had a child who was young enough to be in grade school, she would not be attending school. She'd be homeschooled. I'd be applying for homeschool, like quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh-uh. Send my kid back into the classroom. But then you have people who can't homeschool. Why? They have to work. And working, if they don't work, they can't pay the rent. They can't pay the mortgage. They can't pay the car note. They simply, you can't live. America is not a socialist society, as most Republicans like to say. You have no idea what socialism is. You never studied it as a political model, so you really don't know. And you've never lived it. Had you ever lived it, you would never compare America to a socialist uh, model. There's nothing socialist about America at all. 
If I want something, I have to work for it in America. In socialist countries, you get what the government gives you. They even give you food. They even give you medicine. <laughs> Here in America, you better work for that stuff. In socialist countries, they put you in places to live based on your income. You live over there. <laughs> in America, I better go work so I can pay this rent and this mortgage. It, it, it baffles me. And it is completely baffling when people in America talk about America becoming socialist. I'm like, you don't even know what socialism is. You've never lived it. You don't know what it is like, so shut up. Go educate yourselves. And some people walk around and claim they have doctoral degrees and master's degrees. And I'm like, where did you go to college? Those colleges should be shut down. Because if you really knew what you were talking about, you would never say that America is socialist. You don't know what socialism is. Everything in America that you want, you have to work for it. Unless you were born rich, unless your uncle is a rich man, or your auntie is rich. Or you go slept your way to some rich guy and they give you some money to pay you off. But you have to work for it. Millions of people are now saying, where's the America that I worked for? When they were pushing tables and doing two jobs, they left one job to go to another. While they were studying to take care of their families. And now it's their turn to need help. Not because they did it to themselves, but because of inefficiencies that caused the pandemic to become a pandemic in America. And now they can't work and people like Ted Cruz is spewing venom at waiters and waitresses. Y'all know what to do, you've been galvanized. That's a call to action. That's a serious call to action. You can't go around and hate people like that. I've never understood the Republicans. I've never understood why they hate people so badly. And when I look at rural uh, white Americans who support the Republican Party, they're poor. Their average income is like $28,000. So how do you hate people? And how do average people support the Republican Party, a party of idealists and elitists? They're, 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 I'm sorry, they're a party of elitists, not idealists. They're simply a party of elitists. You've been galvanized and called to action. And you're the same ones who were marching saying, you want, you want jobs, you want to go back to work. You were working $10 an hour. They were paying you to stay home. It was cheaper. Duh. Oh, where was your sense? It was cheaper to stay home. But I guess you had problems with people who actually think and, and you thought they were just smart. And you have a problem with that. I've never understood the, the ideology. You were being manipulated by politicians and they won. You realize that they're not getting sick. They're not getting sick. You have to ask yourself why. Why are politicians not getting sick and testing positive for the virus? Because they work for the government and the government protects its own. They're important. So they get whatever drugs are available that can minimize this. They have it. They give it. You got to understand that. Why are some, why are rich people not getting it and poor people are getting it? Think about it. There are some inequities there. If I were all of you, I'd go take my vitamins, go work out, stop the drinking and the smoking. Because if you get it, you're done. Because rich people are not getting it. And if they do get tested for it, they recover. How come rich people are recovering from the coronavirus and poor people are dying? 
you've got to ask yourself that question. That That's stressing me out. Let me use my stress ball. <laughs> that's stressing me out right there. <laughs> Do you hear that sound? That's my stress ball. <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> because when you think about all of this stuff, it, it, it makes you wonder, what are people going to do? It's a question that I'm directing at the Congress what do, and the president. You are the president of the country. You were elected by the people to protect them and to provide for them and to provide solutions to issues. You are the one who calls the shots. The buck stops with you, buddy, right at your desk. Not for you to uh, be promoting rice and beans and Goya products that most Americans don't eat. Only a part of the population does. That was really stupid of you. Next thing you're going to have a Big Mac up there and stuff like that. Goya is not even American products. And you're promoting that from the Oval Office? Who did that? You thought if you did that, it would win some Hispanic votes? You turned people off. Even Hispanics turned their nose up. Right? <laughs> You, you, it, these, these are the kinds of things that have to make you wonder what on earth is going on. You know what I mean? What on earth is going on? What, what, what's, making, what's making it happen? Because this is just crazy. And I, I, have, to, I have no choice but to wonder about it because this is crazy. Right? There are millions of people right now who are facing, facing, just simply facing unemployment, facing devastation and disaster. Some of whom voted Republican and will vote Republican again. Some of whom live in upper Michigan, in communities where they have no industry but prisons. Maybe that's what they came down here demonstrating against. They have no industry up there. It's not like they have. How do they make money? They live off Social Security. I kid you not. They're on disability and live off Social Security. And yet, they're demonstrating and talking about we have jobs. What kind of jobs? You didn't work as a, as a scientist? You didn't even work as a nurse? Because you wouldn't have time to demonstrate. You weren't a surgical tech or, or, or a patient care tech because you would have a job. So you didn't, they didn't have jobs. You owned what? A little auto zone, you know, a little place where you fix cars. You may fix two cars, five cars a month. But you know the folks down at the bank, so they were carrying you for a while. Mortgage your house to the hilt. That's what you call living. You actually put pride in that. No, you put pride in your color. That's no basis for anything. It never was a smart idea. It wasn't a smart idea 500 years ago during slavery. We see how that turned out. And it's not a smart idea now. We're in the time, we're in the midst of a pickle right here, right now. If Congress does not extend this unemployment benefit right now, millions of people are going to be walking the streets. And don't be surprised if they don't take over some of these abandoned homes. Don't be surprised if they don't go into abandoned buildings. Millions of people are going to be walking the streets. Millions of families are going to be displaced. Because people don't know where they're going to live. 
what they're going to do. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I can't believe that we don't care enough about people for us to go and provide for them, for us to, as a Congress to think about what's going to happen to the ordinary person. I can't believe that we don't care about people to ponder what's going to happen and make provisions because we have the resources and the power. We're not a nation without resources. We just don't want to use the resources for the people. So who are we saving the resources for? Aliens? There are not enough rich people in the country who can exhaust exhaust the resources. So who are we saving our resources for? Who are we saving our resources to get? Just who? There's a guy running for office named Joe Biden. The thing I like about him, he's very braggadocious. He's very bold. He doesn't, he just comes right up and just talks. He doesn't have any filters. He has no time to sit down and think about that. He's just like in your face. You ask a question, he's just going to answer you whether you like it or not. But he's still a politician. So what plans do they have? Well, they're going to do a lot of stuff. He announced it. The money is there. We're not broke as a country. Contrary to what the Republicans like to tell you, they don't like big government. Well, how are you not being big government right now? By not regu- by regulating how much people should get on unemployment. You're not talking about 10 people or 100,000 people. You're talking about millions of people. How are you not being big government by regulating how people get tested for a virus that's killing people? You are regulating who gets tested and who doesn't and leaving decisions, life-saving decisions and life-ending decisions to doctors. How are you not being big government? That's government interfering in people's lives. This is why I don't have conversations and arguments with people about politics because it, it, it's a moot point. Because what's the point? Because you're over here telling me you don't like big government, but at the same time, you're busy regulating industry. At the same time, you're busy regulating who gets tested. And at the same time, you're regulating who lives and who dies, but you don't like big government. That sounds like big government to me. I don't like politicians, black, white, yellow, green, or red. I don't like, I, I, I just don't as a group because they say whatever is politically expedient to get people's votes. But when it comes right down to it, I have to look at, well, at this point in the process, who has the best agenda that is going to serve all of the people, not just some of the people, not just the people who live in DC, not just the people who are 1% richer than everybody else, who are 99% richer than everybody else, not just the people who can write big checks of 500 or $5,000 to campaigns, but who has the best interests of the people. I don't want somebody who is going to go to Congress just to keep a voting number. I want somebody who's going to go there and make a, and make a difference like Rashida Tlaib did. She is unfettered. She just does what she feels she should do. And she went and she did it. Good luck to her. I hope she wins again. Yes, I like Brenda Jones, but I don't want somebody to go to Congress and just sit there and become a number. I want somebody who is bold enough to take the establishment on and who is not going to be intimidated by the establishment. And the establishment includes Nancy Pelosi, who has been in in Washington too long. I think it's time we start regulating how long a person becomes a congressman and a senator. Don't you think? There, There should be term limits. There needs to be term limits. Why? Because they sit there and they don't do anything after a while. They're there simply to promote the interests of the rich people in their district and the people who are rich nationally. 
And we're all paying for it right now. We're paying for it because when senators like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell get up and don't see that there's something at stake here, the Republicans actually want to reduce the unemployment benefit to $200 a week. They actually have the nerve to call you all crazy because they ain't calling me uh, lazy. I don't know why you all have arisen up. Vote them out. Go in your districts and vote them out. They called you all lazy. And you actually sit there and believe it. You actually sit there and say, oh, you know what? They may be right. No, they're not. They're lazy. They're not doing jack. They spend half their days in Washington meeting and having lunch and breakfast, getting their their appetites uh, satisfied and going from club to club. You really want to know what they do? That's what they do. They're never in their offices. Their clerks and so on answer their phones. That's what you're, they're getting paid to do. And then they come and lord it over you. And when they come back to your district, aren't they busy playing golf and having lunch with the, with the haves and the, with the haves? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Politics is a dirty business. That's why I have no part in it. Because they take from the poor to give to the rich. We, you need a Robin Hood who takes from the rich to give the poor. But nobody ever liked Robin Hood, right? Didn't they kill him? They killed him. When you look at this politically, the only way out of this unemployment debacle right now, because we're in the midst of a coronavirus that we haven't seen the second wave yet. The second wave is the one that will take place in the fall. And it's just going to keep rolling into one another. It's for Congress to provide the resource. Just make it available. You don't have to shut your eyes. It's not your money. You are not that you didn't work for it. The people did. Let them get their money. <laughs> I don't understand this hold on the money. It's not your money. It's the people's money. We've been saving for this for hundreds of years. We have the money. There's enough money up there. Give the people the money. Let it go. Give them their money. Let the people live. It's going to reduce crime. It's going to reduce violence. And it may just save your seat come November. May just, the people might just, maybe, maybe save people's homes. Have some compassion. Some of you all acting as if you're rich, but you have family members and, and people who used to work for you and who work for you who are in jeopardy. And who could lose their homes. Save the people. My name is Harriet Kamek. Go to my website, harrietkamek.com. Get my book, Through the Fire. It's available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Uh, it talks about violence and how we survive violence. Uh, help us to help others. <laughs> Thank you so much for your support this morning on this edition of Down to Earth. For more information, go to harrietkamek.com as well as visit my pages on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and wherever your favorite podcast platform is. Thank you so much. Send a prayer out for the people who are about to lose their homes during this pandemic, people who are about to be evicted, people who have no choice, they have no job, they have nowhere to go, they have nowhere to live, they're about to lose their cars. Say a prayer and bombard your congressman to do something to get the people the help they need. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Be blessed. It's Monday. It is still Monday. <laughs>